Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 114? 113, I thought. Nope, 14. Last episode was 113. Yeah, 14. I can't so, count. Keep up. <laughs> yeah, there's the, we got the, the, the normal crew, and we drag Mark back in here, FMGping. And he's been doing a bunch of full hydro stuff. I think he added like a suck down in each corner of his rig too. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to see what he's been up to. It's been a while, I think. I don't remember the last time we talked about your rig, Mark. Um, Uh, A while. It's been a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to see your thoughts on the full hydro stuff. I know you've been tinkering on that for a minute. Is it done yet? Yep, all done. Okay. So that's your set. Okay. Okay. It's, um, it's not done until you've tested it, Mark. Have you tested it? I have not. Well, I have not wheeled it, if that's what you're asking. But ye, you're right. Yeah, I, I, did, I definitely need to test it. I'm trying well, to get dragged down to my bell this weekend, but I don't know if that's in the cards. Well, I was going to say, we'll we'll put we'll, uh, plan a little something after the uh, podcast for you to come over and test at my place. Nope. Apparently I guess he not. didn't care. I didn't care. <laughs> what? Well, did that not record? Fuck you. No, we did not hear you said. Just... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, he's backpedaling now. <laughs> God, it made me feel like a douche right off the cliff. Jesus. <laughs> this is great. I, I um, was not that fucking silence. Yeah. <laughs> Now, when so when you finished up the full hydro, what was one of like the biggest complications that you uh, completely didn't think about, but then had to undertake? Honestly, the probably hardest part was getting the ram out. Uh, yeah, the ram out on the axle um, because I, I uh, what's it called? Uh, retrofitted a Barnes ram mount onto a Artec axle. I mean Artec uh, truss. That was probably oh. the hard- that was probably the hardest part. But, but like the plumbing, our orbital mounting. Uh, the routing of all this stuff, like that was actually pretty easy. I was actually pretty shocked. Now, did you use what did you use for a a pump and reservoir? Did you just use um PSC stuff, or was it part of a kit? Did you cobble it together? Um, I used the WJ and the and the WJ res. Okay. Um, so far, the capacity seems to be pretty good. Um, I added a uh, a sixteen pass stacked. T- uh, tube and fin cooler that mm-hmm. seems to hold a bunch i'm not sure the total capacity but um it holds how a big lot. is it it's a 10 by 10 or 10 oh, by holy. 10 by 10 and a half that's pretty okay. big that's yeah pretty that's where all big. your capacity is going that's, that's, right. that's probably perfect well so i mean like i know that in my uh the hydro assist setup which i could never get right mm-hmm. um i was overheating like especially after about an hour or so wheeling and, and it just that the pump would start not loving life toward mm-hmm. the end. So I was like, I, I want to improve uh, the capacity as much as I can. And since I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the PSC setup um, because of where it moves the reservoir, like the, the drop-in kit. Yeah. Um, and I also don't want to put it through the hood if I can help it. Yeah, at I least, always, it's, at least it's, now. I, Sorry. I agree that is so you. dumb. Why would they, like... Well, I don't know. I don't like that. I just, I just don't like that it forces it through the hood. And like they you don't have up with to it. put it through the hood. No, you it's don't just have lo- you. You have to have it above the pump. People get lazy and put it through the hood. Sean's isn't above the hood. You don't have to put it above the hood. It just has to be above the the pump. Because because the gra- it needs to be gravity fed. But the only problem 
with the way that PSC prescribes it, if I'm not mistaken, they they typically want you to mount the res on the master cylinder or somewhere in that area. And what sucks is you put that behind the pump, you go in, into an incline or a hill climb, all that fluid is now back toward the firewall and not heading up toward the pump. Yeah, that's that's what I was stressing out about. So when I did my setup, what I did is I ran. Um, now this is going way back here, so pay no mind to it. But um, it was a auxiliary reservoir with a large cooler, like what you were running on my full when I was doing my full hydro. And I mounted it on the ZJ halfway up on the hood bracket, and I drilled out the um, the front end. And because of the lip on the ZJ hood, I was able to clearance the hood just a little bit and get it to fit in there. And with it further forward, it would actually start flooding the modified ZJ pump I was running a little bit. And it wasn't like a major problem, but you had to be mindful of your fluid level because it would actually overfill the... Um, on the pump reservoir. Right. Because hmm. that's not a fully sealed, that's actually more, I think, of a vented system, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so... No, yeah, that'll, be, that'll be interesting to see how that does. I think the biggest thing is definitely the the tube and fin coolers. Those are... Uh, I think the name of the game with the hydraulic system is less so the cooling and more about the capacity. You can cool a tiny bit of fluid a ton, and it's still going to heat up, right? Especially if you're, it's it's just passively being cooled, right? You don't. I mean, my my cooler, for example, isn't even though it's a tube and fin, it's not always getting cooled by that fan because it's not on the active fan side. It's only being cooled when that fan is running, really. Otherwise, it's just heating up with everything else. I think you're better off just having more capacity, and then it can't heat up as fast. Or a good balance of both, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I mean, so the kit that I bought because I bought um, a used buggy full hydro system. It came with the heat sink, and the guy who owned it said he had really good luck with it. But just getting it to mount right in my setup, I just I just wasn't really happy with it. It wasn't seeing the air that I wanted to see because mm-hmm. it would have been up under the rig, probably behind the that front cross member right behind the front bumper. And is just, that is that what they consider that uh, reservoir style? A, a quote unquote reservoir. It's not really. Uh, they call that a heat sink instead of. Did I say? Res- heat? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You, c- yeah. you consider. Go ahead. No, you're you're fine. Good. I was good. Yeah, it was a heat sink style, and it just, it, you know, you look at like radial dynamics and all those guys, yeah. and they, I think they kind of steer away from the heat sink, if I'm not mistaken. Well, no, radial dynamics is touting theirs as being pretty good, and I I can see. Uh, the merit, and I, I, the guy knows his shit. Don't get me wrong, but it, the packaging on it isn't amazing. Still, your only option is to put little tabs on the side, and you can't get the one that's slightly crooked. Like I had with Sean's, we had an issue with um, right. I was looking at the mounting holes, and they're they're ninety degrees, forty five degrees off from each other. I think so. I called him up, or I messaged him on Instagram, or something. I think and. We were talking about, you know, mounting options and what he had available for the thing. And he had a tube mount, which would bolt to the holes on the on the sides, which is would be good. But with the machining issue that his, Sean's in particular, has, I don't think most people will ever see this problem. Um, we couldn't do that because it would just, we'd have the 
dupe mounts, a weld on mounts at an ang- like at off angles. His other mm. option was like a clamp that would mount on, but he didn't have any in stock. And uh, this was when I was optimistic and thought I'd have it done in time. So I w- was like, no, that won't. I can't wait two weeks. Well, probably should have been able to wait. I could have waited probably two months and it would have been in there in time. So instead, we just built some that mounted right on top. But I don't like the packaging of those. I think it's way easier to just take a radiator or a transmission cooler and slap it on the on the condenser or your radiator and call it a day. I mean, I ended up um, over the, since we last talked, I mean, I ripped out all my AC, got rid of that, you know, condenser in the front. It opened up a little bit more room. So I just, I've always had heating issues with my power power steering slash hydro setup. So I just want to kind of just take that right off the table. Yep. Um, But yeah, I found like it was, I think, a half inch pass or a half inch um, inner diameter cooler. Uh, 16 pass. So, like I said, it would hold a lot of fluid. It would have a. It would be pretty free flowing. And um, I think that was another problem I, I ran into is that I had two different sizes on my return for my hydro assist setup, and that would also make the pump scream after a while, mm. like getting cavitation and stuff. So, mm. yeah, I'm trying it, seeing if it works so far. So good. So we'll see what happens when I get out on the on the trail. Yeah, and like Graham said earlier, I think that um, with the size of the cooler that you're running, I truly think the name of the game is a high-flow, large-volume system. Yep. Because if you are beating on it on the rev limiter and your system, say, takes, for example, two gallons of Volvoline power steering fluid, it takes a lot more to get that hot than it does you know, the three quarters of a gallon, especially when your reservoir capacity, if you will, is the large cooler. So the majority of it will be in the cooler actively being cooled. Right. So that's, um, that's the thought. So I just realized that. I've never driven a full hydro but like vehicle. Actually, that's not true. I've driven uh, fucking Curtis's. Curtis, yeah, Curtis. yeah, yeah. How is there resistance in the wheel? Now I'm thinking about it, like, um, like with the, the rear steers, all depends on it's the, in the orbital. I was just about to say because I'm like, wait, with the rear steer, it's just a fucking toggle. But in the steering wheel, like, so is there a benefit to running a lighter resistance orbital? I guess. Not um, personal preference, if anything. Right? Yeah. The huh. I personally like um, what is it? Load resistant, I think, is what it's called. I think that's the um, the general consensus is a load resistant one is is. Good yeah, for a, a regular you get crawler, there are, there are certain situations where you wouldn't you you would probably be better off without one. But I'd say for most situations, you'd probably want load resistance. It yeah. doesn't. If they say they have return to center. I don't think they do that well. They um, it's not wrong. perfect. Yeah, it's it, not perfect. Um, I would put it in the same category as driving a. Like going way opposite direction, driving a Dana 30 without correcting the uh, control arms after you've freshly done a lift, you kind of get that weird little bit of a feel, but there's a little more rolling resistance to moving your steering wheel, is how my setup was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not undrivable on the road, but it's not something that I would like to drive cross country on the road. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. 
how much have you driven yours, Mark? And uh, <laughs> is it something you would you would take on a? No, nah, I won't say a long drive, but is it something you'd put on the highway for any period of time? No, just I out of curiosity. Not right now. Um, it, it's like if you knew it was like going to be solid and you weren't going to have any issues, and you just needed to jump from like point A to point B, twenty minutes. Do it. I mean, like. So that old adage where it's like, oh, if you if you lose engine power, you have no steering. You do have steering as long as that system maintains, yep. like, pressure. Like, you know, I was able to turn my wheels with the engine off. I mean, that's how I bled it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a mental thing, I think, if anything. Like, I drove it around the block, and I'm like, I still feel weird. Like, <laughs> nothing is physically connected to the vehicle steering the vehicle, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of crazy, like, actually. That's crazy. But I like, mean, it feels it feels better than the system I had in there. It's yeah. it's a mental thing. It totally it totally is mental. So, no. Sean's One, drives drives great. Okay. I, I totally I totally get it. You get more steering angle. Uh, it, it it's more consistent, and then you have one less work to bind up on. Yeah, and it's easier. True. Like. My tires are almost aired down to nearly nothing, like three or four PSI, you know, and I can, with, I don't even have to push much pressure, just one finger. I both way lock to lock easy. Like it's not even in the pump. It doesn't even sound like it's stressing at all. Yeah. So. Um, another really nice point about that is. Timmy can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I do believe that the. Uh, by having that system in there, it allows for a little more wiggle room to adjust your track bar for a better anti-squat number coming off of your track bar because you no longer have to deal with the drag link in there. Mm-hmm. And, um... Oh, sorry, right. go ahead. I just said, mm-hmm. Sorry, oh, I just... Yeah. Oh. So, cracking a beer and saying, uh-huh. <laughs> when when you say better any squat from the track bar, Luke, what do you mean? Um, so on your three link, right? If you think about it, having your track bar in there, it acts like a fourth link. It has an effect on what your front end will do mm-hmm. unless it's perfectly parallel. And that's why you'll see on some of the buggies that do run track bars, they'll actually run an almost inverted looking track bar to get the front end suspension geometry where you want it to be. That's to keep, I mean, you want it ideally as long and flat as you can get it from what I understand. Uh, But you can also buy in the the context of a Cherokee. I know because I just worked on Sean's and it's very low uh, center of gravity. Compared to mine, even and mine's not low at all. Actually, I don't know. That's just besides the point. His is very low. Biggest issue I ran into with the track bar is, uh, you know, there's there's just a lot of stuff to contact, and it yep. it's going to hit stuff at full bump versus uh, yep. full flex one direction versus the other direction. So uh, you're never going to get it in a Cherokee. You're not going to get it perfectly flat in a buggy. Yeah, you probably could. You could put the track bar sort of angled forward or in the back or something and probably clear things fine depending on where yeah. your oil pan sits. But well, I don't I, think you'd get any benefit out of full hydro on a track bar in a Cherokee platform that's relatively low center of gravity. You get the benefit of being able to, if you're doing it off the, major rip on the initial 
on the initial build, you can move it all the way out to the uh, passenger knuckle just about compared to where it ends up being on the... Um, because of the coil buckets and other stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, you, I can guess get, that... you can push that out with coilovers, though. I mean, mine's yeah. not pushed out onto the knuckle, but it's pretty dang close. It's at the end of the tube mine's... on the one side. Mine's and the right other side there. is pushed out beyond the frame rail by a couple inches. It's uh, short making... of putting it outside the coilover. It's as long stock... as it can be. Is that why stock there under the axle? Because then the, because the vehicle is so low? Yep. Probably. Part of it. Cool. Um... Also, part of it's just the suspension numbers played out there. And where the pivot point needs to be, because yep. of where the drag link sits. So, Yep. All of that. Um, there's, there's too much science involved with that. I'm just it's gonna... really not that bad. It's not pretty simple bad. once you get the feel for it. You just draw lines and make them line up, and you know, uh, you could probably build it with... Uh, uh, what what are those things? When um, you say just draw lines and make them add up, that makes me think of the <laughs> "It's Always Sunny" meme, where what's his name is like pointing at the wall with all the pins in it, and then there's like red yarn attached to all of them, and he's looking crazy. That's what that just reminded me of. Well, it's so. it's, it's it's less complicated even than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's pretty exciting stuff. That's that's really fun. Uh, I do want to kind of slide back a tiny bit. We we didn't even ask how you've been, Mark. It's been a little bit since you've been on, and we just instantly bombarded you with questions about your rig, and it was like they just didn't even give a fuck that's, about who Mark is. is for. They only I, wanted to ask about the Jeep, and I think you're more than just the Jeep, man. So, I, I know. I know. You guys only use me for my Jeep. I'm personally <laughs> attacked. You know what? I want to make sure I take this podcast down. <laughs> Cancel culture at its greatest. Please dude. do. Tuesdays would be freed up. Please. <laughs> I even I even reserve to not go like f bomb within the first two minutes, so that we don't. Oh, you we know? don't do that so, anymore. We don't. YouTube has just given up on us. <laughs> we, I don't make it through their filter anymore. Um. Also, I did go back and look. You were on episode 47. So it's only like 50 episodes. Yeah, it's only like almost a year. That's yeah. That's more so than long. a year. Yeah, actually, right around 114. One? I thought we had him on twice. 47 twice. was right after you guys went to Roush the second time, and I couldn't make it that year. Oh. This is my third might've... time. Okay. Yeah. I, think, I think it's been my third time. Yeah. yeah. No, I, and I, he I was. Agree. He was one of the originals, um, episode 19. Oh, no shit. Okay. Oh, gee, yeah, baby. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's been a really not, long time. Not a whole hell of a lot has changed, that's all. <laughs> eh. so, so how you been, though? How's everything going? I'm good. You know, just trying to leave it, live each day to its fullest, you know? How have you been? You know what, Cody? Oh, let's, no, turn, no. let's turn the we tables. How have you been, man? Well, you see, no, nah, I've been good. I've been good. Everything's been uh, easy peasy over in the Cody world of things. <laughs> been, been wrenching on the rig or what? What's going on? Hell no. What do you think I am? All of a sudden turning a new leaf? I can't be that guy. What do you mean? I know, right? Dude, just drop <laughs> the damn thing off. Let me fix the damn no, thing. So no, you can, no. So that way your excuses are gone. No, but then, then that's boring. You know? <laughs> then he, yeah. he couldn't have... He, 
you wouldn't bring any content to the table. Exactly. If I'm not getting <laughs> beat up that? by rude comments, then what would this podcast even be? Trust me, we'll find something. There's plenty <laughs> more to go off of. It's just, this is the low-hanging fruit I'm, right now. I'm biting my tongue so bad it's bleeding right now. So that was just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that Ayashua is leaving us, I feel like you're going to have uh, Ayashua? Graham. Hey, hey Graham, how do you say his name? You, yeah, you mispronounce his last name so bad you don't even recognize it. That's terrible. <laughs> It's it's so bad now that when I see him post on Facebook and I'm like I have to think back like how does Graham say his name because it's Ayashua. <laughs> he says Ayusa. Is how says oh it. Lord! Oh, it's just right. what it looks like. I'm sorry. All right, I'll try and say it in the Graham way. Now that Ayusa is leaving us and going to Arizona, Mark has to take his spot in making fun of Cody. Mm-hmm. Oh, we could do that. Exactly. Except Mark's got like the um, Chris is kind of like belligerent about it. It's kind of like that that moment when you know you're in the principal's office and your dad walks in with just the look of like I can't believe you just did that. When Mark is the one that's making fun of you. <laughs> yes, I agree. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's got that very disappointed father look down well well honestly i think i thought that's the reason why i haven't been on in over a year is because i pissed off cody so bad on the last podcast but you know <laughs> wait you... oh i think it was like the non-stop thing. pegging thing yes oh well that's the that's non-stop the pegging is still happening <laughs> i heard daily but uh <laughs> no pun intended hey uh, hey the economy is bad only fans probably not a bad way to go if you can get that audience I, well, I just heard that you know in in Long Meadow, if you if you have an OnlyFans, you get fired because a teacher, a preschool teacher, just got caught doing that. So I don't know if I could. I don't know if that's on my agenda. <laughs> it's a good thing you're not a preschool. Can't do it in the school. That's, well, that's you, the you're not teaching kids, are you? Fake <laughs> God! Imagine, dude. I can barely go twenty minutes without swearing. You think I could be sitting in a? Actually, it's actually. I still should watch my mouth when I'm in front. Front of students, but it's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. They hear it all the time on those TikTok things. But who are you uh, trying to who are you trying to convince? Nobody, nobody, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that just made me laugh because that was something that recently happened. And somebody robbed the fucking bank. So like crazy shit, super crazy. Where's that East Longmeadow? The Longmeadow. They have a bank in Longmeadow. Yeah, yeah, there's like multiple banks, but dude, these people are smart. Do you guys care if I go on like small little tangent, like two minutes? These people are smart as fuck. If I, I've never robbed a bank before, but this bank is on the furthest side of town from the police station. It's right next to the highway, and he like slid him a note. Just slid him a note, got his money, in and out two minutes, back on the highway, sayonara pussies, and gone. Could, could not catch him, barely got a picture of this dude. Smart guy. What did the note say? I have a gun. This is a robbery. Give me all your money. I'm pretty sure it's like what? A, um, I mean, it wasn't word for word. I don't know. I wasn't there. It was a robbery. Uh, Come on. What? It was a robbery. Yeah. No. yeah I was, again, I'm guessing. I have no idea. But he slid him a note. He's like, it just said, I have a gun or whatever. One of my coworkers was the one that was telling me about it. So, yeah. if I, uh, honestly, I mean, if I was the teller at a bank where the dude just slipped me a note and said he has a, had a gun, I'd ask him to prove it. Like. 
Come on. What do you want him to do? Fucking pull it out and like squirt, I don't know. I guess squirt on like honk honk like a clown? Like what? Luke would be like, hey, how fast can you strip that thing? Yeah. <laughs> It's not even an SBR, bro. Come on, what do you carry? Like, like, take that, take that shit outside and bring back something for real. Yeah. <laughs> he pulls out his gun. He's like, "Mine's bigger. What's up with it?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's not even here for the enjoyment. Sad. Oh, damn it! Oh, God. It's gun talk, Luke. I thought you would have like yeah, literally like pinged yeah, in. No, like, I, was, like, a I was just enjoying you guys riffing on me. I, I was like, you know, getting roasted a little bit there, and you know. I'm sad to admit it, but I actually filed my uh, Form 1 paperwork to SBR my Draco uh, this morning. So, yeah. No longer a felon. Let's go, Luke. Let's well, go. I, wasn't a, or I wouldn't be a felon for 120 days at this rate uh, because they changed their mind. So, yeah. It's great. Um, love, love administrative rule changing where you accidentally become a felon. Even though you bought legal stuff, and it was legal. Yeah, that is kind of ridiculous. Accidental felony. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you don't have an accidental felony, can you really say you live in the south? Well, <laughs> I mean, Richie coming out swinging, but like so I would like my accidental. Adding a note now: getting cut. Cody's bad joke. <laughs> bad um, joke. Bad joke. <laughs> I don't live that close to Alabama. It's still an hour and 15 away. So, like, you know, it's kind of the same thing as living in Massachusetts and going to, like, New Hampshire. Oh, that's right? where your closest family member is. Got it. Gotcha. So you couldn't have accidental incest. That's the point you're making, right? No, I was just saying that, you know, like, New Hampshire is definitely the Alabama of the Northeast. Fair point. Campaigns talking about incest. That's great. (laughs) Um, That's that's normal conversation. Come on. What do you mean? (laughs) This is more of a professional group here. Um, That's why I listen every week. (laughs) (laughs) I still can't believe that. I do. Like, no, I, I was, believe that you listen. I just can't believe that people listen every week when we have this highbrow of conversation. We'll go from one, talking this one, about this one like, did go off the rails. I'm not as interesting as some of the people who actually wheel, but you know. No, but you're great yeah. at talking. You don't have to be. Like, well, I still I think you're interesting, even though me now backing up onto it does not uh, make it sound like I think you're interesting. But uh, you can talk very well, which is always a two times one up in my book. So yeah. Sometimes the coolest people that you get to talk with aren't the people that are, like, the most hardcore into wheeling. They're the people that will actually talk with you about wheeling. Mm-hmm. So and fuck all those other guys. We like Mark. Yeah, something like that. That's um, <laughs> Two years later, I'll finally get back on. <laughs> well, so funny story about that. We were... Oh, here we go. God damn it. I was like, <laughs> you know... We haven't talked to Mark in a while, and, like, we chat from time to time on Facebook, but it's never, like, as often as it used to be when I was up there. I wonder how he's doing. Well, we you gotta stop getting on. banned. Hmm? You gotta stop calling people pinecones. Yeah, dude, that's a serious effect. Facebook somehow. I had, like, a lifetime ba- We talked about this last episode, too. Yeah. Um, 
somehow they decided it was okay to let me back on. I well, don't really use the platform that much anymore, though. But, yeah. Actually, it was uh, funny, because when you messaged me about coming on, I was like, Luke Pearson, Luke Pearson, who that? Oh, Luke! Because <laughs> I was like, it's on Facebook. I thought I was going to see see you from, like, um, Instagram or something. Nah, I, I've had Messenger the whole time, because, like, I've been keeping up with Backyard Built and stuff, and somehow I'm still, like, in the Backyard Built chat. But, you know, I'm not complaining. Because, you're, um, again, you're an honorary member, sir. Yeah. Well, I didn't think I was going to keep access to the chat. I thought that just meant that I could show up to events. But, like, hey, cool. I'm with it. Uh, what would it matter? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, you know, I'm really tired of seeing Luke's face. Let's get him out of here. No, it don't fucking matter, dude. What? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was... We just wanted to have you back on because it's been a while, and you know you're one of the OGs. Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, I do, I do. Oh, to get back to to off road related things and less about incest and bank robberies. Um, <laughs> I'm bored already now. <laughs> Obviously, you don't wheel. <laughs> you're the only person uh, in here that wheels less than me. So. What are you? What are your plans for this year, as far as wheeling? And then, uh, you know, with I guess you probably haven't tested out your current changes to know what's next on your on your change list there. But what are you thinking? All right. Well, so well, actually, to kind of kind of touch base on some of the stuff that's kind of gone on. Because the last time we talked, I, made, I finally made it up to Feeling Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely my new favorite place to wheel, like hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the place is amazing. So I'm trying to get up there at least maybe twice this year. Um, that'd be a bit of a stretch. I also want to get down to AOAA at least once this year. Yeah. And uh, and just trying to hit different properties, like especially in this area. Um, I'd maybe get up to Badlands, uh, Vermont once this year. I mean, I don't have anything solid right now. I've been really like fluid because um, I'm changing jobs soon, so I I just need to be flexible, I guess. So. Gotcha. But yeah, honestly, I mean, though, that's kind of that's kind of the best thing though, because like having some form of a vacation planned while switching jobs can work in your favor, but can also not. Like when you go in for your interview, that's one of those things that you can bring up and just be like, yeah, that's totally fine. Like, I love this job. Just one of my things is like for me, when I used to go to um, Lake George, it was always nice to be able to put forward ahead of time. Like every first week or second week in September, I go up to New York. And a lot of times it puts them in the perspective already to be like, okay, perfect. We can kind of, this is fine. One week out of the year, not the end of the world kind of stuff like that. So sometimes it works out in your favor. I like to stay flexible because I mean, in the the one thing that kind of frustrates me about being obviously in the Northeast is like you know, it, you know, you got to be in a club, which is fine. I'm totally it's on board, but like the one thing I like to see that I like to see more of, and I'm starting to see it more the more people I meet, is getting invited to like other club runs and meeting mm-hmm. different people, getting to different properties that like my club may not always see, and I, I, I'd like to see more of that in this area. So that way, like yeah. you're not you're all you're not always wheeling with the same people. And honestly, 
going to Wheeling for Warriors, I met so many different people. I'm getting different invites to kind of go to different properties and, and not always have that I didn't, you know, opportunities I didn't have prior to that, which, you know, it's obviously who you know, who you wheel with, and who you kind of mesh with. So definitely. That was a rant. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no you're good. good. <laughs> I think that's you're not too far off the mark with with that. I think uh, Mark Mark is on the mark. Um, <laughs> I did something right, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I think you're you're not really wrong. I think it's um, I think it's definitely harder up here because of all the the club stuff that people sort of section themselves off for sure. Um, I think I'm right there with you where it, it's it is it is fun to to meet new people especially uh local guys i usually see it when we do the fall crawl or um i don't know i i recently i haven't gone to too too many of the the open runs and whatnot i just haven't had the time but uh right even when it, it applies for some of the longer distance stuff we do too it's not always like uh the aop thing and the trail trash uh meeting you know we met a bunch of guys there and the good evening ranch thing, right? Sure, the 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 main catalyst there is we had somebody from that we talked to on the podcast either invite us out to something or we organized something with them and and got it going, but it's always, you know, the people that you you meet who aren't necessarily the people you're intending to meet, right? Like when we met uh, you know, Sam Naked and Afraid and a bunch of other dudes like I you know, they're not people you can expect to meet. You just happen to meet them and they're doing the same thing you are and let's just put it time. Especially with Sam, never in a million years would I have ever guessed to meet such a character like Sam. That was the most surreal thing of him just like hopping out and be like, Wait a second, I know you guys and it was like, Whoa and then <laughs> then he just showed his like his personality is so inviting but just kind of reckless that you just you, you can't hate the guy. He's fucking awesome. So you're absolutely right with that. I mean that's what's cool about the podcast too, is cause like, you know, I listen to what you guys I mean kind of almost living vicariously because a lot of you guys do the big runs i unfortunately don't have the ability to kind of go to you know a good evening ranch all the time or ever really or get down to aop and, and meet like the trail trash guys but like kind of meeting you guys obviously knowing you guys seeing and hearing conversations and telling the stories from meeting those people you kind of reach out on facebook and find that you have common ground i mean i've talked to the trail trash guys a couple times just because they know me through my channel and whatnot Mm-hmm. But like, the world is so much smaller because of the network we have. Yes, yeah. you know, and we may not live, you know, to the point where I could drive over somebody it's one of these guys' houses. But like, social media and things like that. But like, you're right. The, that that network of people is 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 growing, but it makes the world smaller, even though we're really separated. Man, I've had too much to drink. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> totally fine. Um, Still coherent. <laughs> so here, but it's just rambling. Yeah, well, we ramble all the time, so it's fine. Now uh, you mentioned you mentioned Field and Forest after watching this uh, this past what was it Flex Rocks and Rollovers uh, Rollovers twenty four hours Helen back it like watching that and seeing so I've never been to Field and Forest I've only ever heard of it and go. watching that video put like the fire under my ass again where it was like 
I don't have to be bored with these uh, like these properties that are local to me still. Like I can like so when they first were talking about setting up a field and forest event in our group chat with the club, I was pushing for whatever. Like I actually I didn't even care what date. I don't even know what date we selected. Whatever it may be, I still have to look into that. But like events like those that you are saying that you not necessarily are 100% going to is what like putting the buggy before the horse where it's like i'm setting myself that i'm going to these i need to do xyz to my jeep beforehand and it like forces me to do it and that's that shit that like i missed out on last year that i'm hoping to get back into this year so it's something that like my secret is i just you commit and then you're not ready and then you go is that is that the no well great gremlin's recipe for success is not sleeping for three days before the event we're, ho- <laughs> we're, we're hoping oh, this recent crazy. move to change that. <laughs> it was one of those things that we literally discussed the first day that, like, it was when he was over on this side of the river, if you will. There's no actual river, but, um, or this side of the pond, whatever the fucking saying is. That, <laughs> and that was like one of the first things where I was like, Are you ready for a little bit of normalcy again? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, he was just stuck in that lifestyle for no, so no, long. No. There will never be normalcy. Uh, that entire the entire move process was chaos. I imagine it was that just, fantastic. What do you everything mean? I do is is just a it's just a train of chaos coming through. There's never <laughs> any normalcy. Nothing ever goes as planned, and it's entirely my fault. But <laughs> but it's the way that you kind of like like a cat. You land on your feet somehow, some way, and you pull it off. Usually, yeah. It's, the only it's entertaining. Was, the only thing I didn't uh, land on my feet for was was Sean's rig. Honestly, that I was I was really upset about that one for quite a while. So it won't happen again. Put it that way. Well, uh, let that let that be the catalyst that keeps you to not fail again. Think of that uh, every time. But when you set yourself to something, just be like, I can't let it be Sean's Jeep. I can't well, let it be Sean's Jeep. Well, part of it is setting realistic expectations too. Uh, there's no, no, some no, no, things no. that are out of your control <laughs> that you can't. Like it's there. There's more to. Uh, yes, I wing a lot of shit, but at the same time, you have to go in with with some expectation on things you're go- like an exact plan, so to speak. And it doesn't have to be precise, but you need to know what you're gonna do. And with Sean's Jeep, I think I was getting ahead of myself, and there were things that hadn't even been thought about yet that I was skimming over and you see like that's something that we don't, we, I didn't anticipate would take any time would end up taking a week. It's like, honestly, it's stuff like I, that, right. I feel that so much because one of the last dumb things I did to my Jeep before it left Luke's shop was brake lines. And then having my bleeders in the rear strip after putting all the lines in and shit, like one of those just, Oh, not even that. Remember the fucking, I had a problem with the studs. My rear studs were too short. Like, shit like that, where I didn't even think about it, but then it's like, damn, this just took an extra four hours on something that I thought was going to be putting the wheel back on. Yep. So you're absolutely right. Or, like, thinking, especially when you're building an entire system, right? And every every system on that thing needed to be built. Uh, We're talking hydraulic. We're talking electrical. Anything. um, Brake lines. All of it. Every single thing needed to be built. And I was, you know, with with my rig, I I knew roughly how much time it would take to do all those things because I was very familiar with it. But it's much different to come at 
a project that you have a little less familiarity with because it's not something you've worked on for the past six yeah. years. And oh, you're also sorry. assuming that it's there's something to work with there. Whereas if you're starting from scratch, you don't have anything to work with. You have to build it from the ground up, which adds a whole other layer of thought that needs to go into, okay, well, where, does, where are all these pieces going to fit? You know, what sort of engine bay Tetris is going to happen, right? Like, it, how much it actual, takes time. How much, like, so actually, that's a good question, because how much of that is, uh, how much of your engineering modification, whatever, is actually pre-planned? Or do you kind of dive in and just be like, let's kind of engineer on the fly? Well, it depends. I am not afraid to... Uh, make changes if they need to happen to make something fit, but I also am not one to stew on a problem for an extended period of time if I have solutions that will work in front of me. So I think it's a combination to some extent. I, I, I like order, but I'm not willing to sacrifice a time frame to make something perfect. I like having things be neat and be clean, but it's not always reasonable to do something in in uh, a certain a certain setup just because that would be you know it would either take too long or it would, it would interfere with something else, right? Um, so it's the word is chaos, but uh, it's. Um, it works for me. I'll put it that way. It's and a beautiful chaos. It, it usually comes out pretty good, or it, you know, it looks. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I you know I can't really describe it more. So, that's good. okay, because like something that I obviously the more I kind of get into fabrication, and I definitely try to like push myself a little bit more and more. Do you find yourself the ability to kind of like, well, we'll just say, wing it? run into a problem and fix it on the fly? Yeah, well, I think... Like, you're that's... like, I could take this whole thing apart, and no matter what, I'm going to get it back together and get it running. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, right, I, th- I think part of it is just picking a, picking a solution and dealing with the problems that that solution might bring. Okay. Right? And yeah. then you, you can adapt to those, but you already have a trajectory. You've already picked your trajectory, you know how you're going to attempt to get it done, and you deal with the problems that that, is, that decision is going to cause you, which inevitably there's going to be some. Oh, you know, totally. Like every decision you make that's a, that interferes yeah. with other things, right? There's yeah. going to be something you didn't account for. So right. I know I'm not Graham, but I'm going to hop in with, I set a design goal for a project and then go from there and make it happen. Um, so, you, so you pick a destination. You kind of have an end game. Yeah. And the uh, path, uh, how you get there, might change a little bit. My four link, I wanted that set of numbers. So I gave up a lot to get that set of numbers, and I changed my XJ's trajectory exponentially by doing that. Um, and the amount of clearance that was required and the amount of extra work that went into it to get there was entirely worth it in the end. However, it brought about major complications, such as the um, the work Graham had to do to cover the floor pans when I moved and to enclose the wheel wells because of how much had to come out 
to get it where I wanted it to be. And I was willing to accept that. My front three link was another example of that, um, where it was, I wanted that set of numbers, so I hunted down that set of numbers. Um, and like, if we want to go all the way back to when I did my one-ton swap, I wanted to do it quickly, but I also had what I wanted because I had already gotten my front suspension there. So like, I knew what I had to do to kind of slide everything in and was able to engineer stuff on the fly. Um, and then really, really quickly to just run back to Cody's project, one of the things that I didn't expect to take nearly as much time as it did was getting his shock mounts right because we ran oh, out of room yeah. on the axle i forgot about that little adventure that you and i had and then we also had to like get graham on the horn and we're like hey we're thinking about this how well did it work for you but put it on a different axis <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was like yeah it should work as long as you have Polly in the front we're like we have Polly in the front and we're like all right we're good to fucking go <laughs> and it ended up working out great just it, it's not replicable if you sell that front axle um, unless it's, someone else does the same thing to their links that's correct. the only problem with it that's actually true i didn't even think about that the resale on that's going to kind of suck now something to consider though is that we're actually putting more force on my shocks than generally you would correct because Think of it like a like a fulcrum point on a like putting more effect on the axle, less on the shock. The shock's going to get the same dynamic loading, um, but it's going to have more of an effect on the axle because it's got a distance that it is working over. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, it's definitely. I I don't know. It works, and I think we mildly got lucky with with at least the shocks. Um, yeah. And they do blow out easy, but that's also because no limit draft life because I had them and then I ordered too long like a piece of shit. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, I think it, it works for what we did. And then that actually brings us right back to what what uh, Mark was saying. We're definitely that trajectory. You aim for it, you work from it, and you learn as well. It's pretty dope. Yeah. I mean, your rig, when you actually take it out, and I'm not saying that as a dig, uh, it's just been a little while. It works really well. It punches well above its weight class. Oh, yeah. That is true, too, because if you, like, like almost a perfect example would be on Copperhead, me being able to kind of, like, snake my way and take stupid lines where, like, Marvell had to be very meticulous and uh, pre-plan a lot more than I did. On like most of his lines, um, it's, yeah. I, I mean, your fight or your Jeep's in the featherweight division, but it's hitting like it's in the mid. It also uh, helps too that I have not that much money into it. Where like I don't, it's like a, I don't know. I, the only thing I really am concerned about is like my own safety. The Jeep is whatever at this point. You know what's fuck? I roll it over and it rips in half as long as I survive stiffeners are stiffeners and the rest falls suit underneath like it wouldn't be the end of the world i'm not going to disagree that that helps with the um the driver mod side of things but i think one thing that you i think that the rig is also very well put together for what it is um 
you know, this isn't a knock on Richie's rig, but if you were to put your rig and Richie's rig and swap the drivers, your rig would be able to do more than Richie's rig would, even if you had the same level of disregard in Richie's rig comparatively. Oh, yeah. I don't agree. I actually don't agree. I fully support that. I've always... Really? Yeah, I've always stated, Cody, that your rig is better built than mine. Mm, I don't want to. I don't. I don't agree. I I was gonna say, I don't agree, Richie. I think you and I have been on the same exact trails and have done the exact same things. It's just simply that they do them in different, like different ways. Where mine has more stability under like flex than yours, but other than that, I mean, so so realistically, Cody, the only thing about our rigs that are actually like similar is. Um, the rear suspension. We both have leaf springs. Both add a couple of inches of lift. Mm-hmm. Other than that, everything else is different. You have a aftermarket cross member. You have aftermarket uh, long arms and everything. And everything was touched by you. I have a factory cross member. I have. I still have short arms. They're just not the factory short arms. Everything on my Jeep is still stock. Other than that's where you get oh. your flex. That's the secret. So here's using the unibody to flex. <laughs> has better articulation, especially in the front. And the way that your Jeep articulates allows it to put more traction down than mine does. Because we even run the same fucking tire. Yeah. And still end up with more traction than I do. So I think part of that is that Cody's rig, uh, I forget what the numbers were exactly. I want to say it was either 93 or 95% anti-dive. Um, I think it was 95 because I was guessing 97 in my head. So it is... With his rig, there is a very, very minimal downward push on the front end. Um, like... As far as numbers go, it's almost like fucking imperceivable. Um, it does. So what that does is as you roll into something, your front end wants to just very slightly bite down. Whereas Richie's set up running the modified control arms that he has. It's a lesser angle, even though it's because of the low lift that it has. Um, but they're still running at a much steeper angle. So your rig, or Richie's rig, wants to push the front end out from under it a lot quicker than your rig does, which allows you to slingshot into stuff a lot quicker and up stuff a lot quicker. Huh. Because I I wouldn't necessarily say, Cody, that, you know, I'm a more skilled driver or that you're a more skilled driver. It really does seem like most of the time, the majority of the difference between me making it up something and you making it up something is really, it really does just seem to come down to the rig. Huh? Okay. Yeah. And um, then, and then you have like Mark who was at a similar level to me. And then he was like, fuck that. And then just went full nuts and went all the way up to like where Luke was. <laughs> well, ask Richie how he liked driving my rig. Oh, I, I fucking loved driving your rig. It, it was like a goddamn Billy goat. So whose was better, Luke's or Luke's or Mark's? Mark's. Mark's. <gasps> I'm, I'm yes. sorry. 
Do you want me to try to answer that again, but faster? Because I can't. <laughs> okay, if you had to pick out a major difference, because there is not that many major differences between the two. Auto versus manual. Other than that, what would you what would you point out, Richie? So, for the most part, I felt as though Mark's rig, uh, what am I trying to say? I felt like Mark's rig was more stable and was able to put down the traction easier. And that the traction bit might be due to my unfamiliarity to it's uh, definitely the knife tires well no it it might Mm -hmm. might due to my unfamiliarity with wheeling a manual off you know being off-road in a manual versus the auto but i felt as though in mark's rig i could point to where i wanted to go and as soon as i wanted to start going and have traction going forward it was immediately available to me whereas in luke's rig it feels a little bit more squirrely uh oh that's just because it's yeah okay that's the manual yeah uh, that's probably what it is yeah that that, That would make the squirreliness of it make sense or on off with the uh clutch than anything you know Mm-hmm. Well, also, I'm just going to say that if you're only referring to the uh, Good Evening Ranch, because I think that's the only time you've ridden in it since it's gotten the four-link, I was also in a very on-off mood with the pedal. Is <laughs> the only time I've ridden in it since the four-link, other than uh, driving it around the shop and then up at uh, Graham's shop. Yeah, so... Something else that's really helping Mark's rig in this situation compared to my rig is that he's got the torque converter acting like a one and a half uh, multiplier on the reduction because you're able to spin it and it will put partial power into the transmission until it fully locks. I don't have that and we have the same gear ratios otherwise. if I had deeper or a deeper first, it would be different. And I admit my rig's got gearing problems. It is what it is. And honestly, Luke, what's your what's your full uh, track width? Uh, eighty-two. So yeah, I'm about eighty-two. So I'm about six, seven inches wider. Yeah. So that's probably uh, why I felt a little bit more stable. The um, uh, Richard. Well, yeah, but the only thing I did not like about Mark's rig was. Seats? It could not turn. Oh yeah, dude, it doesn't <laughs> turn for shit. <laughs> Hopefully, it does now. Oh, uh, I hope so. It didn't want to turn for me, so I tried to cheat and cut through some trees, and I damn well almost rolled the fucking thing over going up a tree. Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's like the biggest downside to the the super wide stance on them is. And I I run into it all the time. Is you think you're clear because you know there's a there's a you know, you're rubbing the trees to your right and you're trying to make it past it, but you can't always gauge how far your tire sticks out. And then you'll the body will rub, and then you've got to clear the tire as well. Usually you just I just I drive really and nerdy. see what it does. Well, but. so so I'm totally gonna just throw myself into the hole here, Graham, and say 
there was no doors on the Jeep, and I was looking at the tire as it hit the tree. Oh, yeah, I that's have, you, yeah. bud. <laughs> My whole thought process is, oh, it'll probably just slip off and I'll skate through. Nope, it hit the fucking tree, climbed the tree, got the ass end of the Jeep to slide over just enough so that way I couldn't just back up because there was another fucking tree. So I had to drive <laughs> through it. And I'm like, I'm about to fucking roll this asshole's rig 10 minutes after this asshole. <laughs> this asshole. From not for nothing, Jeez. that did cross my mind. I'm like, fucking Richie's going to roll my rig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're terrible. This asshole's going to let me roll his rig. <laughs> um, so, another. Now we're going to get back into the nerd part of this because that's one of the reasons I enjoy having Mark on. Um, you have a shit ton more scrub radius than I do, and Graham now does as well, which is part of the reason my rig, even though it's only got seven and a half inches of turning, comparatively turns so much easier. Oh, yeah. Um, the further that you move the wheel center away from the ball joints, the worse it's going to turn. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, that's, I mean, from the get-go, I remember even bugging, um about it and i think even you too luke it's just like i've never been able to get good turning out of my rig and it is it's it's super wide the offset tires and you know the big axles and shit it's not to mention i had it uh the drag link set up wrong but uh that's a whole nother well, story I, I, also, <laughs> I also distinctly remember one time mark at my place where you were like in terms of physical turning, you were turning lock to lock, no problem, but your fucking tire tread wasn't turning. Your sidewall was just fucking flexing. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been a supporter of the knife tires, and, and it's always a joke. But, like, honestly, the I, I went up to Badlands not too long ago, and the, the side grip on those things just weren't there. And... The more the more I see and the more I drive, the more I want stickies or something different. Just it's not on the cards right now for like newer tires, especially stickies. Oh, especially now too. I mean, oh god. Honestly, stickies are almost a better deal now than they were a few years ago. Yeah, they're still expensive, but you're paying the same regardless. Just about. I mean, you try to buy a new forty, and it's. I mean, it's not quite sticky money, but it's. It's not that the the cost gap is not there anymore. I mean, it's, that's like one thing that, that that's just one pill that's super hard to swallow is that the price of tires is just... Yep, it's bad. Bad. So it's unreasonable. Oh, I totally... And I, I'll get conspiracy theory, but I think a lot of that is somewhat manufactured. Are just bullshitting, saying that it's like pre-COVID bullshit, but they're not actually still dealing with that. I, I think so. I agree. I, th- I, I noticed that with a few other things too. There's a lot of that. Why would they want to go back and sell tires for what yeah, the prices were before? That price. Right. Exactly. If people are willing to pay it. Yeah. Yep. I agree. There's been a few things in uh, the construction industry that has very similar uh, things going on with it, just like that, and it's ridiculous. Well. Not to not to nerd out, and I'll I'll keep my sidebar a little little short. But like I was watching some guy, he's uh, in the engineering di- industry, and he was saying that like the price of lumber has been at 
I would say the lowest it's been in about three, three and a half years based on COVID prices and whatnot. But now the lumber yards are like, wow, we still aren't selling lumber. We have yards full of it. Let's just raise the price because we're selling the same amount. And we can make more if we just charge more and people will still buy it. Yep. And that's kind of what they're doing. So yes, it's, it's not great. It's, it's not. Um, are you suggesting we protest lumber? Because I—that's what I heard. Well, the the that other steel <laughs> and tires apparently. And tires. <laughs> just make the them other. out of. Oh, I guess we can't make them out of wood or steel either. So, what other com- comparable plastics? Uh... Although, like uh, like I said in the backyard backyard built uh, thing, the the price of the steel has come down a little bit, at least in this area. Like you get yeah. in the southern area, like you know Texas and whatnot, they still claim that they can get DOM at like five dollars a foot. I'm like, I'd love to see that up here someday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not going too far into it, but I'm looking at having to buy some DOM, and I'm looking at nine dollars a foot. Well, less yeah. than what I paid. I just got, I just got a couple of sticks. I think I paid like nine fifty a foot. Yeah. Um. I'm not complaining about that. To me, that's after coming out of the COVID pricing, I'm I'm okay with that. My I think my last quote was roughly around this time last year, and it was I think fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. It was up there. I'd have to go back and look, but it was it was it's it's significantly less now. Yeah. Um. I'm really glad that it's starting to come down a little bit because at the very minimum I'm buying 60 feet. So at the maximum, it's going to be way more than that. Um, and it's just, if it was $14 a foot, I couldn't, I couldn't afford to do what I have to do. You know, it's unreasonably expensive still, but at least it's down a little bit. Okay, I'll be I'll be the unpopular guy and ask: Would you substitute welded in non-impact areas? No, I would no. go to Straight ninety-five. Okay. I would run ninety-five wall um, in non-important areas. For example, the pillars that run from the top of my bead and my shock hoops; those could just as easily be ninety-five wall and do what they need to do. Um, the brace bar for my shock hoops could be 95 and it would be fine. And how about like node supports? Internal node supports? Node- you know, I don't know. Um, I don't want to test it. So, because so I, 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 I've seen a lot of people start kind of leaning that way because DOM is just so damn expensive. Like even though the price is down, there's a lot of people that I've seen that are substituting internal support, like you know, non-impact areas with welded, and putting the think, DOM on the outside. I think that there are so many other areas that uh, 95 wall would work just fine for that. I don't want to test it on an area where my harness bar is connected, and if one of those things kinks. It's going to be a problem if it lets go. Um, you know, the brace between my cross member support bar, because on my Jeep, right, I've got two mini cross members and then a hoop that comes up over 
uh, the two cross members and clears the drive shaft and ties into the back of the tunnel. Um, and then that's got a support bar that goes up to my B pillar. I suppose that could definitely be like uh, 95 wall. The bars that go down to my seats could be 95 wall. The seat mounts could be 95 wall. I don't think any of those would be affected, but I would rather just run with the DOM and fill in in the less essential areas with 95 wall DOM. Yeah, I would rather go with the same thickness HRU versus uh, a thinner DOM. I think the last thing I need is to have fucking uh, exhaust, and I know obviously that's 95 is thicker than exhaust tubing, but you know, that's a, uh, eh, I'd rather keep the thickness. So, so to kind of pose that question, so the, what do they say that DOM is, and I'm, I'm pulling numbers here, like 30 to 40% stronger than welded yeah given the same wall thickness uh it's a lot stronger due to the way that the seam is formed and rolled over because it's mm -hmm. a lie that dom is seamless it's not seamless uh the weld is just much better hidden and done and rolled in there um so at least to my understanding that's what that little lip on the inside of the tube is um but yeah, due to the fact that they basically like roll uh, a true over itself and then they weld down an air gap, I believe it is, um, it creates a splitting point. So, like, and if you're going to bend a true, you want to uh, bend it along the weld, if I remember correctly. I might be wrong on that. I've never worked with the stuff. So, take that for what it's worth. I, mean, I don't know. I'm not a metallologist here. We need Curtis as one of those nerds. <laughs> I know there's. I know there's definitely a like kind of best practice where they say you got to put the seam if you're going to do HRO some like on a specific way, and it kind of prevents warping and breakage or splitting. Yeah. But I'm, I, yeah, I don't remember that off the top of my head. I, I better find out because not for nothing, I am going to do um, HRU in a couple non-impact areas. Like I do have DOM, but that's going to be like probably for like external fender pieces that go to the, the bumper. You and know, the HRU other places like support um, finishing out the nodes and the harness bar and stuff. I do know some people that have built total buggies out of Schedule 80 that have held up really well. Um, Tommy, I forget his Instagram name. I think it's Seven Slot Hooligan or something. His buggy has some A-True in it as well. And the thing holds up and he beats on it quite hard. But like, I just couldn't tell you. And at $9 a foot, you know, and I think that it was like six fifty a foot for a ninety-five wall. I'll just go with the ninety-five wall and a couple other areas where it's not important. I mean, that's not a bad alternative. I mean, I'd have to probably sit down, and plug away at the calculator or something, just to see if, like, you know, given that DOM is inherently or whatever the stronger, you know, just based on the structure. Is it worth going down a wall size, saving a little bit of money against 
uh, we'll call it uh, 120 wall atro. I mean, it, it'd be it'd be kind of cool comparison to see if that'd be worthwhile. Yeah, um, and like I'm going up. I think the Sorry. big the big point here is is it worth? Uh, I mean, obviously peripheral shit. Who cares? You can use whatever tube size you think will work to hold it. But when it comes to building a structural roll cage, do you really want to test whether the cheaper stuff is worth it? That's like buying the discount fire extinguisher that may or may not work. Like when you Agreed. want it to work, like Agreed. I'd rather just spend the, the money, money where it counts and and know it's gonna do what I want yeah. it to do. Obviously, there's definitely ways you can you can save cost uh, with different materials um, on, on miscellaneous stuff that isn't uh, critic a critical component. But if you have to question whether it's going to hold up in a critical situation, and it's a situation where you could be you know crushed or uh, compromise the rig in some way that makes it much more difficult to fix, then is it worth it? I don't know. I don't think so. That's my opinion. Yeah, um, I think if you're smart with it, I think there's there's no issue, right? You can you can definitely use Atru in a lot of areas. Like I I can think of several places on my cage that I could use a thinner wall or or a, a cheaper material, and I would be completely fine and have no issues. But well, I uh, um, am I mad that I spent more money on a material that's Probably stronger. No, I mean, weight savings would be nice, but yeah. I'm and that. you went ass over tea kettle at good evening, and your Jeep literally required nothing just to roll over and start it back up. Yep. You know, I think that that's a testament to putting the right materials in the right places. Um, I think, you know, moving I mean, forward. But even then, I mean, we've seen. What happens to one twenty wall, yeah, inch and three quarter dom when yeah yours you hit more just right like mine I I've got some decent dings in a couple spots on mine that I'm so do I I got a couple I, areas I, yeah that are we bent. all we all do at this point and then you see stuff like Curtis's been like a fucking bendy straw it's like eh, yeah I don't well, know if Curtis I want it any yeah Curtis it's is never also seepler. fuck it no I'm not even going in there. I'm going in the fact that uh, as far as a fall goes, he had it all the way up and then come all the way over. The total distance that that thing had to pick up momentum to come down onto that one sharp rock was excessive. Even if he had a C-pillar, it would have bent shit. It might not have bent as far, but it definitely would have bent. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. So Nothing about you, that would have. You can you can build your C pillar at a true, and it's you'd, you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better um, to have one made at a true than none at all, right, Curtis? Uh... <laughs> I I don't know. I really I still think that there would have been a lot more shit that would have happened there, and if it hadn't given, I think it would have split. Just from how hard that hit was, like it pushed the whole unibody in. And it, have you seen his Jeep? The Unibody's yeah. pre-pushed in. No, I mean, it pushed in like the actual quote-unquote structural part of the roof line. That's what I was referring to. Oh, well, the roofs on those things are not structural. They're like, like a car. It's like a... Yeah. 
It's a tin. They're all tin cans. I'm just yeah. saying, like, like that area is sardine can. You take like twenty. Uh, uh, why can't I think of the word? Spot welds out, and you can just peel it right on back. Probably fold it by hand. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm not gonna argue that. I'm just. I think that that was just a shitty rollover that would have bent anything that was in there, just because of how it was. Um. And at least the cage did do its job. It caught that fall pretty well, all things considered. Oh, it took the impact, all right. Um. So. You know, I wanted to bring it back to we were talking about trips that you wanted to make earlier, and you mentioned AOAA. Um, I'm really excited for rumor has it next year they're opening Paragon back up. Yep, that's what I heard. And that's a trip I want to take. I've, yeah, I've, I've heard really, really good things about that place, and I'm, I'm really excited that it's finally coming back. Yeah, uh, that used to be the spot that was cooler than Roush was when I first got into wheeling 10 years ago. Um, and it had just been shut down then, so it's super exciting to see that possibly coming back. Um, now, what is, what is Paragon? Where is that? Paragon is uh, about an hour further into Pennsylvania. Oh, shit. Okay. And that's an um, old, old coal mining place too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a old coal mine that they had cut a ton of trails into, and some of the early Ultra 4 racing was done there, too. Oh, fuck, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, or, I'm sorry, it might have been the early Line Mountain stuff, or, like, the precursor to Line Mountain, which was, is, it's essentially Ultra 4. Um, it's not quite as hardcore, but they did a lot of really cool stuff there and there's a couple of um obstacles and areas that you can really open a jeep up in there like there's a lot of videos of people getting airtime in there Shit. <laughs> i could see luke having fun there <laughs> yeah cody won't ride with me though no i wouldn't, no. I wouldn't ride with you either. not with those bump stops no, <laughs> wait. He has bump stops in that thing. I couldn't tell. Yes, that is a shock. <laughs> now I have bump stops up front. They just hit hard. Because I can't. Did, yeah. did you get bump stops in the rear? Yeah, I got bump stops in the yes, rear. The rear isn't the problem. Mine. It's definitely the front. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Cody can attest that the rear outdrives the front exponentially. Four link for the win. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um. <laughs> yeah uh the one of the projects is that i want to redo the bump stops but it's kind of low on the priorities list because i've been doing a lot more slow crawling right so they hit right before the shock bottoms out and like that set of bilsteins is basically sacrificial at this point yeah i mean the cost of shocks aren't terrible yeah really um you, you can run blown out bilsteins for quite a while and not care yeah Especially if you're slow crawling. Mm. Well, my version of slow crawling. Still 50 miles an hour. <laughs> fucking Even Richie got a front row seat to that, and it was fucking hilarious. He that kind of for high school. Huh? 
That was just high school level shit. That's all. Uh, there was a couple of times that I caught you like, oh shit. <laughs> mm. It was great. Oh yeah, because every time I went, oh shit, it was when I was trying to light a cigarette or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, try to take a dr- sip of my drink or something. All of a sudden, I'm getting punched in the face by a bottle. <laughs> no comment other than some of those were pre-planned. Rude. Yeah, rude friend. <laughs> Jeez. Man. <laughs> At least he bolted uh, the seat in, Richie. This what is true. This is true. He I said at least he Cody bolted too. the seat in. Because that would be the worst time to find out. All of a sudden he's going through the whoops at like 50, 60 miles an hour. And like, oh shit, we forgot thing. to bolt the seat in. <laughs> oh. I'm glad we checked that at Roush. Because there was a couple of spots where I was maxing out fifth gear. Was your seat not bolted in? Am I missing something here? No, I'm just I'm just being... Okay. Actually, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, um, like uh, no, no, not through. for nothing. I could just see Luke like running through the whoops. There's only one bolt holding the hatch. He gets through like the second one. The hatch flies off, and like, because <laughs> like, I don't know. You guys, that just, was like, your last... introduction to us. We showed up and <laughs> everything was falling apart. I had the jack like thrown up against the back of the cage. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, but, but that jack saved the day. It did. You, it did. you know, I'm I'm vaguely remembering a point in time. It might have been like in high school. It might have been like right after high school. But I actually did forget to bolt one of Luke's seats down. Um, another funny note about that is the reason I was laughing is I thought that you were referencing uh, what I found when I unloaded it off the trailer at Roush that the seat bolts had vibrated loose. So I had gone through and torqued all the seat bolts before it was like, you know, getting ready to go at Roush. So I didn't know if you'd heard that on an episode or whatnot or. No, but I just know that there was, I I think you went through the rig and you found a lot of, oh yeah, we kind of rushed and maybe forgot to put a boulder or two in this, or maybe we forgot to put a boulder or two in that. Yeah. Um, Funny thing. After Roush, I snapped off one of my seat bolts um, that holds it to the slider. So I have to go deal with that at some point. But it's got three out of four, and it's in the driver's seat, so it's okay. Out of four, I'm dead. Yeah, passenger seat's fully bolted down. Oh, who needs that? Uh, I don't no. want to throw Morgan out of the Jeep, so like, if I get ejected, it's fine. It's her, not fault. so much. Yeah. But she'll actually ride with you after all the shenanigans, like with your door. No, was it? It wasn't your door flying off, was it? Whose door flew off? Curtis's. Oh, okay, that explains everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, she was riding with Graham when I dropped Curtis's door. Um, after we rolled it, she wasn't impressed by that, and now she's so like. She went on this trajectory of I'm going to get out for every obstacle and then it became holy fuck, the hills in Tennessee are really big. And now it's all right up some obstacles, especially if they're long ones. I won't ride up the ones that actively look like you're going to you know, ruin the Jeep. So, you know, we're, we're somewhere in the middle now. Hey, if it works. She won't go on night rides anymore, though. Yeah, well, that's when the tr- that's when the sh- the true shenanigans began. 
Uh, well, yes. Graham tried to throw her off a cliff. So. It wasn't trying to do any of those things. <laughs> I was just Graham. trying to get off the mountain by the end. It was just one issue after another. Yeah, we should have fucking winched you down or something. Mm, didn't work out like that. And then Curtis, or not Curtis, Colin was like, what are you doing? Stop, stop it, go! <laughs> like, I've got, I've got one wheel drive, Colin! Please. <laughs> There's only one wheel propelling the Jeep. And only one wheel stopping too, right? Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Yeah. We should have locked your hubs because even with the gear set being blown up, you would have still had front brakes. No, because remember one of the brake lines popped. Yeah, no, but I'm but saying you, you still had the spool. Oh yeah. yeah, but if we had locked it it would have uh it wouldn't have uh, It would have made terrible thing. noises. Oh, I wouldn't have cared about terrible noises if I didn't spin sideways down that fucking muddy hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what's what's blowing up the Dana 50 a little harder? Mm. It was already done. Um, yeah. So I take it then that Good Evening Ranch is going to be off the table for you this year? Yeah, it sounds like that's the plan. I got to kind of stay close to home. Um, that's fair. At least, at least this year. Um, I'm hoping to, like I said, get more up into New Hampshire and stuff because, you know, day trips and stuff. So. There's plenty to do up there, especially with that new property. I haven't been there yet, but I'm excited to see uh, uh, how that evolves this year. Yeah. I'm going to a couple of the work days up there this year. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know the dates it's a yet. new property? It's a huge new property. Yeah. yeah it's oh, new. oh, I know the property. Never mind. Yeah. I know the but property. It's, but it's up there. Brookridge Jr. or something. That's mm, it's owned by somebody different, so I'd be surprised. It it sounds like it. it was Danny A owns it. Brookridge's uh, grandpa. I thought, uh, Rockaholics owns it. Ooh. No, I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah. Any is that not is that not the Rockaholics it's... property then? Is there? Ha... I think the NEA is. I, I don't know if they've delegated it to Rockaholics, but I know the NEA is leasing it. Yes. Direct? The NEA has been saving uh, money. No, no, this is different. This is different then. Never mind. Different I mean, the place. Rockaholics might have gotten another property that we just don't know about. Yeah, they might have. Yeah, I think I think it is a different property. You might I'm not be the same thing then. Yeah, I'm just dumb. We'll chalk it up to that. I'm not sure, but Fix I know... Fix your steering box and go wheel. No, 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 no. We can't yes, do that. That we'd have hey, less to I, talk about. I got a part in my garage that might help you. No, actually, yes, Kate at some point is coming to get that. <laughs> Don't come too soon because I gotta, I gotta actually uh, make a template of that because I want to recreate that. That same exact like that brace is amazing. I totally I forgot that I even bought the brace. I'm gonna be honest with you. You could have kept it at this point. I forget what I even bought. Shit. Uh, <laughs> I was I, thinking about slapping it back on to be totally truthful. Really, just to what have like rigidity between the uh, the frame. Yeah, the little bit of rigidity between the frame and also just the way I built my orbital mount, it protects probably about 50%. If I have that cross member, I protect all the lines in the remaining part of the, the valve. Just from anything that might, I might drop the front on a rock or something. So. See, but now you can build it better because you're selling me your old one. Yes, I know. Exactly. I got some tapped boxes for a hydro assist if you want them. No, I've already already got one of those suckers. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Grembino sold me one. Yeah, but mine leaks. You can have it. Oh, <laughs> true. I'll, then take it. I'll from... fix it. I got about three seal kits for 
steering boxes that I need to use. So I can either give you a seal kit or I can take it off your hands. I was going to say, get them out of my damn garage. I'm tired of stepping on them. <laughs> it's okay. It could live in my storage unit, which is full to the brim. <laughs> well, now that, you're in, now that you're closer to me, that might be something. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely you're is. You're only like a half an hour, 45 minutes away now, by the way. That's weird. Know, that's weird. Oh, yeah, you're really close. I don't close. know how I feel about uh, being so close to all you people. It's nice kind of being a hermit up on the North Shore. Really yeah, it's true. Me. Now you get bothered all the time. You want to go get dinner? You want to go do this? And then you're just like, ah, oh, I guess. Like, <laughs> no, it hasn't really been that because I've been moving all my crap for the past two weeks or dealing <laughs> with my stupid truck. But uh, maybe, maybe, hopefully, things will settle down here. No, that's not possible. Well, you'll, you'll, have to possible. Come, you'll have to come by and work on the our project that we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely figure out when that's happening. Uh, some. I've got time this month. Work's pretty busy this week. I'm not sure what my status is going to be this weekend, but Dude, it's going to be um, cold. It's going to be cold. Okay, cold well, let's not do weekend. it on a cold. Yeah, this this going to be cold as fuck, actually. Yeah. Hey, well, but I got a heated garage. How cold is is cold as fuck? Because like nine like, degrees, like oh. negative something with windshield. Yeah, okay, that's a little cold. In the negatives, over because I've been dealing with Marvell, and he's like, you know. It drops below forty degrees and suddenly yeah. complaining. It's like, come on, it's not even cold. That is true. He is a he was born up north, but he's like southern at heart. Oh, he's such a complainer about the cold. Like it <laughs> We we were up in Maine dropping that uh Jacob's uh, one of the lifts went with me and the other one went with Jacob from the old shop. And we were mm-hmm. dropping it off. It was like twenty five degrees and he was like, It's cold, it's cold and, and meanwhile it's like 12 o'clock at night it's not 25 degrees at 12 o'clock in, in northern maine is not that bad no, <laughs> it's actually it's pretty warm. reasonable uh so just uh, <laughs> funny he wasn't joking he really does hate the cold he does yeah man the cold blows at this point no i love it you're crazy i'd rather work in the cold well you're the nah, dude that man. like sleeps in our hammock like Every like at any point of the year, I don't know how you do that. Like, so, when we were at Roush that time, like the bugs were unbelievable, and you're just oh, they're not bothering me, just sitting there. And, and, like, <laughs> I'm like, like being One attacked by nature, being attacked by bees, flies, <laughs> and bugs. Bees. <laughs> I forgot oh, about God. that. <laughs> No, I've only had one run in with mosquitoes in the hammock, and they bit me right in the lip as I was about to fall asleep. And you know when, like, you get bit in the wrong spot, and then it's just like numb. Yep. It was yeah. I've it, it never that. experienced that, ass. and that sounds terrible. It'll happen someday. Don't you worry. Why would you ever terrible. wish that upon me? <laughs> I'm not That's... wishing it upon you. It's just inevitable. That's It'll what happen. happens when you get in the woods and you wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Cody. Actually, honestly, Cody, I don't know if I've ever even seen you drive your rig. Yes, you have. I wheeled right past you when you snapped an axle shaft at uh, my bell, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> what? What All right, you know what? How about this? We'll go back to my bell in like two weeks. We'll race. Who can get to the top fast? Mm, yeah, but you have a lot more money into yours, so like the, the ain't care aspect might pass you. And I don't think you could handle that kind of defeat, Mark. I don't. I don't think I could do that to, to a friend. You know, I'd probably let you win. Like, 
Whatever helps you sleep at night after getting pegged. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. So, so, yeah, so in other words, Mark will smoke you, but you'll still find a way to say that you won. Well, it's like that funny meme that goes around. It's like when the guy in the Hellcat wants to race you, and then the guy fucking racks his gun back, and he like, you know, talk about. Never mind. Probably bad side of TikTok. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> like I can't win if he's not in his vehicle. <laughs> so, anyways, let's get back kind of more towards the real side of things. Um, no, I don't have a favorite DOT tire. No, I don't give a shit about your favorite tire, mister. What's your most hated tire? No, no, we've already asked a simple question. (laughs) Do you think there's aliens at Area 51? Absolutely. Did you guys know that area they so the you know how obviously area 51 became famous because supposedly a spaceship crashed and then they found green like or like I think yeah I think they were green little green men inside. Did you guys know that? And it happened in 1951 that's how area 51 got it you know area 51 1950. You guys don't know this? No. I don't know. Did you? It, it, so then you guys don't know. Did you learn this on TikTok or some shit? No, no. This Sounds was like this is a real knowledge. fucking thing, and uh-huh. that it was actually a Russian propaganda to make us believe that the Russians were friends with aliens and that we should be afraid of them during the Cold War. Really? Crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's they literally mod. They like yeah. They they modified um handicapped children to look like fucked up aliens and then crashed them. They- modified yes 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 they made them look like like aliens like like fucked up aliens and then crashed them are there documents proving this yes yes there is there's actually a book about it (laughs) cody what is the title of this book uh not i don't want to read it but somebody might be interested um, (laughs) hold on i got you can't just drop that massive bomb on me uh, and not expect me to, you know, ask you to cite your sources here. Wait, Wait hold on a second. Are we looking at responsible journalism? Hold on. Yes. Um, it's just called Area 51 by... You, you, you've seen it here first. Blue Collar wow. Road, the most responsible journalists. Uh, uh, they were little gray, they were large-headed little gray space aliens... Um, no, but I'm, like the book. I don't care about what the kids. It's just called Area Fifty One. You fuck, jeez. Who's it by? Annie Jacobson. But I could, I could double check my sources. Hold on. There we um, go. That's. I mean, uh, you seem check. to know God, nothing. Cite your, ref- your references, or it needs to be it struck from the record. Mm. Wikipedia is not a set, not a valid source. Learned that in like second grade. Yeah, because people could literally just edit it anytime yeah, they want. Exactly. And here now Wikipedia is like the one true truth <laughs> for everything. Yeah, Annie Jacobson. So it's Area 51 by Annie Jacobson. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. And she I guess she interviewed a the head of the nuclear program or some form of that. And he was the one that like had to deal with realizing that these were humans and like taking them apart and shit that's yeah, all fucked up taking the humans apart yeah because the, the, they thought they were aliens so they had to learn about it 
Oh my and god. That was on Unsolved Mysteries back in like the early nineties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the real facts, boys. That's what we needed to come back to. <laughs> hey, if Robert if Robert Stack says it, I believe it. I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. God, how old are you again? I'm twenty five. I'm young. Jesus, you are. Yeah, but I feel I my bones crack like I'm thirty years old. Um <laughs> uh, well anyways, we're kind of devolving here to now point and it's kind of forced by me. I do apologize for that. Yep. But we're kind of slowing down now. Does anybody have any final thoughts that they want to spew out before it's all over? Sure, I have your animal fact for you, so that, that way I can oh, hit us it. with it, Mark. Hit us with it. What you got? Squirrels cannot vomit nor uh burp. Oh, how do you know that now? drink Sprite? At least that's what I'm to- being told. <laughs> so, I got one got a, for you, Mark. Got a fact check, okay. no Wikipedia, mister. <laughs> Are cryptids real? Like Wendigos and whatnot? Mm, no. Yes. I think it's bullshit. No. Yeah. 110% yes. No. I know. I know. Uh, I know mid-force pegs are real because Cody can contest to that, but you know. Jesus, I don't even. Wow, wow. <laughs> man, I, you know what? I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. I apologize. <laughs> I expect better out of myself. I, I let the podcast down. I let the listeners down. And I let myself down. I'm it's sorry, okay. Cody. Hey, I gotta find okay. another level of of bashing you. Okay. You'll get there. Don't worry. You will get there. Well, it takes fine. time to get this good, you know. Well, you know. <laughs> How about this? You fix your rig for the first time in five years. Meet me on the woods, and we'll go, we'll go wheeling or something. Deal. I like the sound of that. On that <laughs> note, I suspect Mark might actually be an alien. Richie is definitely demon spawn. And wait, are you talking about my kid? Because I believe that. Yes, no, I am talking about you and your child. Okay. So talk about your mom. Um. No, she's a saint. Okay. So, on that note, have a good night. (laughs) No.